Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. The DBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. Okay, so we have the ball, I mean, 20, and you decide to burn a timeout. You decide to waste a timeout right there. But then it's not just that you waste a timeout there. You're down by nine. We've got third and goal at the 20. And you're so you decide to burn a timeout there and waste a timeout. But then coming out of the timeout, after doing all that, so, so you call the timeout because this is such an important possession. And then on the next play, you have Kaiser just hang on to the ball, hang on to the ball, hang on to the ball, and then it gets stripped out. Game over. And really disappointing way for it. I mean, it, I, I mean, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of uh, hope that that we were going to you know actually win the game. But certainly up to that point, the effort had been solid. You know, I mean, <laughs> obvious. You know, the same the same problems we talk about every every week. But to me today, more than than I think this is kind of the the, the theme all all throughout. More than young guys making mental mistakes here and there. More than you know, bad luck, bad officiating, whatever. It, it, today, and I know people have been banging the drum all year about bad coaching. I, I not just bad coaching. Um, I, you know, a lot of people have uh, given you know. Um, you know, Hugh Jackson a lot of of, of flack for the uh, penchant to well I should say the the fact that he he does call his own plays thus uh, you know that that's a pro- that people think that's a problem they don't like the way that the game is being called I don't I mean looking at the game today it, it, I mean other than a couple of of uh, situational moments you know uh, uh, opportunities. Um, which we'll get into. My name's Easy. By the way, Easy Weave. I hear on the DBN network. This is Easy does it. Following the Browns' loss to the San Diego Chargers, a game that you know they they were in, uh, you know, turned on a, on a couple of things. Um, but what I want to really, as far as the 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 you know game calling, the the uh, the play calling, how about the play calling on the defense? I'm really you know aggravated. One thing about watching this team every week, every week, you, you talk about this all the time. You can set your watch to okay, figure out whoever it is. If you if you have any any fantasy life left, if you're if you're still fighting because uh, the playoffs going to be starting, if, if you're going. Um, if you if you have anybody that's coming up that is a tight end playing against the Browns, then you know uh, pick that guy up because he's going to rip us up doesn't matter who it is today it was hunter henry doesn't ma- doesn't matter uh, it, the guy is going to pick so we every every game every game 
we're getting chewed up by tight ends who are just you know basically sitting down in the middle of the defense and picking up big yards. And how come we don't do that? How come we don't do that uh, to other teams if it's that easy to do? But I'm I'm just it's not even that okay that that's that's a given. All right, fine. And overall, the defense you know they 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 you know, is held up in in a lot of key moments. Um, you know, Travis Coons, <laughs> it's funny seeing him out there, um, you know, blast from the past and he had to kick go off the, uh, you know, bounce off the, the, and we had a guy actually, uh, Nassib got a, his hand on one that actually got through, you know, so if you, if you don't remember Travis Coons, he's the, the one that kicked the, the kick six against the Ravens, uh, on Monday night, a couple of years ago game that we lost. But um, no, I mean I'm just I'm I'm uh, you know defense. In, in I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm watching you know in a game in uh, the, the a drive that they score on. Uh, it's a third down play, and earlier on the drive, I'm watching Miles Garrett. You know after even after he you know comes off the field gingerly, uh, I watch him just wreck around the edge and hit um, River, Philip Rivers. And get the pressure on the play, and I'm thinking, you know, okay, it's it's great to see this. It's great to see this guy is getting this pressure off the edge. We have a critical third down play, and I'm ready to watch. I'm like watching that specific, uh, you know, uh, down at the at the bottom of the screen, watching Garrett, and it ends up being a play where Garrett stunts inside, and a blitz, a full on jailhouse bricks, uh, uh, jailhouse blitz comes, doesn't get anywhere close. And they easily pick up. The, and this is a, this is another reoccurring theme all day long with the jailhouse blitzes, and they never get home. And they and just Rivers just calmly throws, the, you know, and picks up first down after first down. I mean, they didn't they didn't you know obliterate us today. I thought this was going to be a blowout. Um, did they cover? I think. <laughs> I mean, it's if they didn't, I think that would be the uh, first time in a while that hasn't happened. But uh, the and I, and I don't care because I don't bet. But just the I, – I thought it was going to be a much – but, I mean, okay, so in, in that whole situation late in the game, if, you know, okay, we end up fumbling it so it doesn't matter. But let's just say that it it's just a run-of-the-mill bad at play where it's either just a sack and or an incomplete pass or we come up short. Um, you kick a field goal there. Now it's 13-19. Um, but you've got um, two timeouts instead of three and i'm saying that if it's third and 20 from the goal line i'm not going to call a timeout there because a touchdown in that situation maybe if it's third and goal from the you know, the, the five you know over the two or the three you know if maybe if it's closer than it makes sense to call time. I mean, i'm just saying that in the context of of you know we always talk about this game management and you know i, I think it's just part of and in the, the the announcer dude even even mentioned it even at, you know which i'm always anytime that the announcer guys are pointing this stuff out it's like all right it's it's really really bad cuz i mean you're talking bottom of the barrel as far as you know <laughs> nfl uh, i i don't want to you know throw all of them under the bus although i might as well they usually are pretty terrible and today um Ah, whatever. I mean, I, I usually am in a sour mood at those guys because the Browns play badly, and the Browns are always playing badly, so maybe it just always seems like those those guys are always performing badly. But even they notice, it's like, why do you want to be, you know, you don't want to be burning timeouts right now because, um, you know, this is where you're going you know, to be needing those. You know, and, and that's exactly what I was saying. As soon as we called the timeout, I, you know, it was the only time during the entire game where I audibly cursed because it, it was okay i mean if we if, if we if we get in a situation late in the game like where we have to where we score but we got to get the ball back then we're going to need all three timeouts the way the game is i mean i'm sure that you know this but just in case maybe people don't know this maybe coaches don't just just don't realize the the math of all of this 
But if you, especially with with two minutes left, if you if, if another team has the ball with two minutes left, and you have three timeouts, you can stop them and you can get the ball back with about mm, minute forty, minute thirty five, minute forty, and you got a shot. All right, if you're down by a score. But if you don't have three timeouts, or you know, okay, then if it's if it's beyond two minutes, then you've got the two minute warning. But I'm saying if you got it first down, you know, three timeouts, first second, you know, first down, second down, third down, three timeouts, you know, can be helpful if you need to get a a change of. Otherwise, you're going to end up burning 40 seconds, and depending on you know the the time you are in the game, that 40 seconds may be insurmountable. This is something that's really easy to figure out. You know, this is this is not something that is unknown. Is what I'm saying. This is not something that should be uh, that you should be surprised about when you get later in the game and you don't have timeouts. Now it didn't end up necessarily mattering, you know, much in, in this one. I'll get another example. Late in the first half, we go down and we score a touchdown. Great, hallelujah! <laughs> we score a touchdown, and it, great pass by Kaiser to and Kaiser. You know, we'll talk about him. As we go along. But, you know, he throws a touchdown pass. All right. Great. So then on the ensuing Charger possession. And with the final score being what it is, I mean, these these things mattered. Um, they have – it's two minutes left. And we have the ball – we have the play where uh, 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 Rivers gets sacked. And he ends up um, – fumbling the ball and Kirksey has it in his hands I mean he's got it and he just can't he just can't squeeze it right he just can't um pull it together so they end up recovering and then inexplicably I don't know I maybe there was an injury and I just didn't see it maybe maybe somebody could tell we called we called timeout right there there's like a minute 40 in that situation okay now let's just if I don't, I don't know. The only, the only reason that we would call a timeout in that circumstance, we had just taken the lead, and we had just gotten a break. It was like second and, and nineteen at that point. The only reason that you call timeout right there is because you are thinking, hey, we're we're going to stop these guys and we're going to get the ball back and we're going to try to add to our lead. And guys, I'm just in, in in a game like this against in a team in a position like we are. That's. I just I believe that's ill advised. Because the other thing is is that when you when you have a play like that where the quarterback gets stripped and you know the ball uh you know comes out and you know there's a scrum for it and the player jumps on it and um and you're inside of 2 minutes, you know, it, let them deal with the clock management of all of that. Let the the, the pressure then is on them to do whatever they're going to let them, I mean if they're going to either make them burn their own timeout, right? Or this, and this is not the first time. If you've been listening all year, it's not the first time that we've had this discussion. Uh, you know, let either let them uh, use or let them not burn a timeout, but they're probably going to be a little bit out of sync. No, we burn a timeout, and then the next play, bam, Benji hits us for thirty-three, and they go down and they kick a field goal, and you know they end up using all of their timeouts on the drive to go down, and they have a chance to go in and, and uh, score a touchdown. Which, by the way. You know, thinking about this, when you're down there and, and there's nine seconds left, you know, and the team is is that close, uh, if I'm Kirksey or I'm any of the defensive players, I'm thinking at that point it's pretty much um, it, interfere. I mean, pass interference, all that, because what, what does it matter? You, you The defense can't, they, they, they don't add time to the clock. Right, so if it's first and goal from the five, which I or maybe it was third and goal, I don't remember what it was. The down doesn't matter. There's nine seconds left. They have the ball, and if you throw the ball in that scenario, and it's 
no matter what happens, they end up burning five seconds there, and that's about as as you know prompt of a of a play call as you can have in that in that scenario. So they get the playoff, and I'm saying that if you're in that situation, man, interfere. Grab the guy, pull him down. Make it obvious. Who cares? Because it's going to be – because they don't have any timeouts at that point. So it it would be first and goal from the one, but they got four seconds. And then you put the pressure on them. Are they going to go for it? And if you stop them, then you stop them for no point. I'm just saying that in that scenario, I'm good with the guy. Now, we didn't get called for it, and they end up kicking a field goal, and it ends – but it was – I contend that they, they probably don't get the field goal if we don't call the timeout there at the end of the first half. So it's just more so today than I've seen in other games this year. It's, it was frustrating to see a, a lot of those kind of breakdowns, uh, things that are, are you, know, th- you should, things that you should know. You should, you should just know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting here with hindsight um, thinking about all of this. Uh, I'm not at, at the end of the game. And I'm thinking you know, Gordon jogging at the uh, at the uh, the end of the game when everybody's trying to line up. Um, you know, at, at at the time that it's happening, at the time that these things are are occurring, um, I'm thinking, you know, what the hell, guys? You can't just you can't just um, give up timeouts. You can't, and, and it's not even actually you can in the first half. In the first half, in the same type scenario where uh, we we did it in the in the end of the game, where we, um, you know, if it's like third and goal from the twenty, I got no problem with you burning a timeout there in the first half, because you don't you're you're not in a position where you're going to you you may need that timeout going down at the end of the first half, but I'm good if you burned it trying to conserve some sort of a bad situation if it's in the first half. But in the second half, like I say, especially where we always are. Um, you know, Kaiser throws that pick at the end of the game. If he, you know, would have just if, if we would have kicked the uh, the uh, field goal on the previous drive, or if we would have kicked the field goal there, you know, we we you know have three timeouts, we can stop him. It's it's just it's maddening. It's maddening to watch this. It's it's unfortunate. And I'm not. I mean, look, that doesn't. It, it, it's not me saying okay, we got to fire everybody. That that because I mean we're, that that has its own problems. Um, but it's just frustrating sitting here 0-12. You know, another game today where it's like, okay, we're hung with these guys. It's a good team. San Diego's a good team. They're they're now tied with the Chargers or with the uh, Chiefs, I think. What the guy was saying, oh, they because they, uh, they lost today. Wow, what a slide that team has taken. The uh, the chefs have really uh, taken a step backwards after a really really um, uh, a big start to the year. Looked like they were going to be maybe the the uh, the class of the conference. That of course now has resided back to uh, New England and then Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, and we remain at the the bottom end of the spectrum as far as that goes. And look at I'm I'm not uh you know it's it's not like I'm I, I maybe I am I'm a little bit uh I don't know m- more cantankerous <laughs> you know more crotchety uh, old man yells at cloud about this. I mean it, it, it not, I, and I didn't even expect that we were going to win this game. There was at no point in this game that I thought that we were going to win. And you know that that whole um, deal at the se- at the end of the second half, or at the end of the first half, end of the second quarter. You know, Kaiser throws the touchdown pass to Ninjoku. We take a seven to six lead, and Kaiser doesn't see the ball again for like an hour because he, the Chargers then go down the field and have a, a long two minute drive that ends up uh, scoring, and then they uh, ha- you have halftime, and then they take the ball at the beginning of the second half and put together a long, long, long touchdown drive. And so Kaiser throws a touchdown to give us the lead, and the next time he touches the ball, it's way later, and we're down by two scores. 
All right, it's, it's what it is. And I'm not, you know, he, he had Kaiser. You know, I, I, I was, I'm, 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 I'm always. I'm, I'm, I'm always uh, you're trying to not necessarily hedge my bets, but try to look at this from a holistic standpoint of I just don't know. You know, I don't know what the future is going to hold. I don't know what the right move is here. I don't know what the right call is. If you look at the, the quarterback class uh, as it exists, you know, next year, a guy that is 22 years old that has an entire season playing in our offense and playing, you know, against NFL uh, caliber talent. You know, that, that's pretty attractive, and, you, and you, you hope that a guy can build off of, you know, his performances. Kaiser seems to, you know, be, be – he, he, he's, he's a really weird uh, case. He really is it's, – it's challenging. It's challenging to, to look at a game like today where – and I don't even know what the stats are. I don't care. I mean, just the eye test was – it wasn't a bad game. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as, as, as other games he's had, I should say. It, doesn't, it didn't look – uh, necessarily as crisp as he did last week, the kid has a lot of bouts of of, inac- of inaccuracy. It, it's just it, it's just there. There were some plays that were left on the field today. There were some big plays left on the field today. There were some plays that were made. Josh Gordon made a few. Again, that jogging off at the end of the, <clears throat> the end of the game thing, though. What you know that that I'm sure that's going to get everybody's goat. Um, Njoku made a couple of plays today. Great, nice to see that. Devalve made made some plays. Uh, Duke was really held in check <clears throat> uh, because I started him in one of my leagues. That is the reason why that happened. Um, Crowell busted off a couple of nice runs, but then you know we kind of got into that same mold where we were down, so we kind of you know gave up on the running game. Uh, the one thing I'll say about Kaiser, uh, one thing about him is that he is uh, I, I, I I've not you know had a problem or at least i haven't picked up on on the issue of him being kind of a one read and and bail type guy where he runs a lot he probably runs more than i would like him to uh, just as a as a you know a running quarterback but he doesn't it's not it's not it's something that i see as a problem it's not like it was with manzel where it was a crutch for most of the time that he was playing but he does you know he takes off you know more often than, than most quarterbacks do and given that he's a rookie and he's dealing with things you know it's fine that he does it but the one thing i like about uh kaiser when he does take off to run is i know that the dude is big enough and strong enough you know fast enough too that he's gonna be hard for the defensive guy to bring down there's you know before when there was still kind of a glimmer of hope late in the game when he's putting that drive together you know he had that third down play where he takes off the scramble and it's like all right you pretty much you feel pretty confident at that point that he's going to be able to get it because of this, the athleticism that he has so I, i'd like to you know get I, i'd like to to you know and i'd certainly love the idea of of him you know building on his rookie year and uh you know and coming in and getting a, a, a solid start for his second year but you know again you have a lot uh, there's a lot a lot of plays that were left on the field today a lot of uh opportunities that were missed and just just plays that were there that he just missed there's no other way to put it and 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 he made he made a lot of nice plays too nice uh uh, pass deep pass over the middle down by his goal line to uh ninjoku over the yeah which by the way that guy i hope that he's you know that 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 he really is as tough as he looks because that dude i mean made a great play and then uh he got you know tumbled over and landed hard it looked like he landed it looked like all of the pressure landed like right on his neck and the guy just bounced up and he's like i'm ready to go like man that dude he's these and i'm 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 
you know, I'm not, I'm not as young as I used to be. You know, I mean, we're all that way, right? Uh, but you know, and I, when I was a young man, I was, you know, I was, I was, I was spry. I was able to be knocked around. You know, I, had, you know, I, I didn't, didn't play sports necessarily. I played football when I was younger, but I, it, I wasn't really, um, you know, athletically inclined. I just was more, you know, did a lot of work and and you know, would, you know wrestling, fighting with friends or whatever that that type of thing. You know, that you do when you're a young uh, guy and whatever. Um, but, but I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm past those days and. I'm a, a little bit, a little bit older, and and just you know doing the things that I do now. I got to kind of you know watch out to make sure that I don't you know if I'm if I'm like moving a bunch of heavy stuff, then I got to make sure that I don't you know do it in such a way that uh, you know I did a whole bunch of workout you know like lawn work, I mean, like intense and like tearing down like trees and crap and and uh, I mean not like big trees, but you know what I'm saying just just excessive outdoor stuff, you know gas powered lawn equipment, whatever, and stuff that I had always done. But man, my body was all tore up afterwards. So I, I say this from the context of, you know, uh, going through life, and then you see a guy like Ninjoku, who's this huge dude, who I mean, and and you know, he's in the air, so he's this massive guy, and all of that massiveness of the guy, and all of that momentum lands on his shoulder and his neck, and he just bounces up like, like it ain't no big deal, man. God bless these dudes. I mean, and and he, you know, he showed up today. It was nice to see that. Um, there there was some, you know, like, like I always try to, you know, talk about. There's some parts of this whole thing that uh that weren't terrible i guess the the main storyline that everybody was looking forward to was uh, the return of josh gordon and it was nice um you know he he, he was uh you know it hit him on the first play of the game and uh you know casey hayward you know that was the story his uh, his brother um apparently you know tragic story 27 year old guy passed away yesterday i guess and casey hayward you know i don't think anybody would have uh it, it's kind of like you know, and, and there's two ways to look at this. Uh, well, possibly a third. Uh, you know, you got a guy like Gordon who looks like I mean, he's, he looks fast and he looks, you know, strong and stuff. I mean, I, I it, it's hard to tell based on today's performance if maybe he's just lost, uh, you know, enough steps because he, he definitely had, you know, made a nice play later on in the game. Uh, so he looks like he still has that that quickness and and uh, all of that, but. Uh, on this day, Casey Hayward, you know, I don't know if, if you guys remember, some of you may be old enough, um, Brett Favre, Hall of Fame quarterback, you know, really for the longest time for many years was the, you know, quarterback of, I mean, he was he was the best quarterback in the league for multiple years, probably a four or five year period of time there where he was the best guy. Uh, and there, you know, and it, it was pretty much, um, it, it, was, it was, you know, I, I would say it was fairly unanimous in terms of the, the evaluation of that. And it was during the middle of that that or, or near you know in, in that same uh, realm where his father passed away. It was a car accident, and it was really um, you know shocker for him. They were really really close, and it happened on a Sunday. And the Packers were scheduled to play on Monday night in Oakland. And it's another one of those things where nobody would have begrudged Brett Favre for you know not playing in that game. And instead, he not only did he go out and play, if you guys remember this, he went out and put on one of the most dominant quarterback performances of all time. I mean that. And I mean that not from necessarily a statistical standpoint, but I'm sure his statistics were he had four touchdown passes in the first half. I mean, but, it, but I'm saying the way, if you, if you go back and you watch that game, it was just the Raiders. And the Raiders were, I mean, they were game. They came out, they were ready to play, and they were totally overmatched 
overmatched. Everything Favre was doing was so far over their heads and their ability to to uh, compete against it that it was just the game was over by halftime, and and it was all beca- and, and the entire country watched in awe as this man just performed in a magnificent. I mean, it was. It, 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 it was it was extraordinary. I mean, it really was. And, and you and he comes off the sideline. You can see this. You know that he's in this pain. That he's, you know, that he's 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 like you know. You can see that he's dealing with the pain of lo- of losing his father while he's going out and performing at a masterful level. And I think of that as I watch the performance of Casey Hayward today against Josh Gordon because dude was all over him today. He was all over him today. But then again, um, you know, real, really, really. Um, th- there was a lot of we got some lucky breaks in this game, and it's, you know we're down by six to nothing, and then we're up seven to six, and then we're down nine to six at halftime. And I'm thinking to myself, this is an ama- this is amazing because it feels like we should be down like twenty seven to nothing. I mean, it really felt like the Chargers were running up and down the field all game, and that uh, and that we weren't really. I mean, we were able to sustain a couple of you know drive early on, and um, uh, you know, again, you have a fourth down situation. And uh, you, you have everybody bunched up, and you're thinking there. You know, kind of thinking. You know, I really would kind of like to see Kaiser just keeping himself there, but instead we do the you know the kind of the corkscrew long handoff, and you know Crowell gets buried in the backfield for a big Laura that was Duke gets buried for a big loss. So we lose out on that opportunity, and you know it's just <coughs> pardon me, just one of those games that, uh, and they've all been one of those one of those games this year, right? And it just seemed today like, um, you know, obviously the quarterback, you know, difference that their their theirs was way 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 better than ours. Ours didn't play terribly. Uh, I, I'm not gonna, you know, this is one of the this isn't one of those moments where he really didn't get as much get get the help that I thought that the receivers did all did all right. I can't think of any um, really egregious moments where Kaiser delivered, you know, got it there and, and the receivers let him down. Uh, at the same time, you know, they didn't, they, there weren't, there weren't a whole lot of dynamic plays. I mean, it's a 10, you know, 10 points overall is what we come up with. Uh, and I, and I suppose that that's, you know, to be expected when you have, you know, guys playing you know, together for the first time with Gordon and, and, uh, and Coleman on the field together and Kaiser still, you know, being a rookie, rookie going to rook and all that. Um, you know, I just, and this isn't excuse making. It's uh, just trying to kind of cope with what we have going on here, which is uh, an 0 12 team that uh, you know it's, and the Chargers are a good team. I, I'm, I'm looking at the rest of the schedule here, and uh, I'm, you, know, you talk about you know one one guy that I don't I, I don't appreciate his commentary is Boomer Esiason. I mean, he may be right. But I don't like him talking about. It. They're like, oh yeah, well you know, Green Bay, they're going to get a win next week in Cleveland, and if they can keep that together, and they get Aaron Rodgers back, and they can keep their. St- okay, well thanks, dude. Yeah, I'd like to. Th- okay, well you know, go out and. Um, I think that uh, with uh, with Hundley at quarterback, we can we have a, we have a chance against Green Bay. We got a chance against Chicago. Uh, you know, and and uh, we didn't we didn't we went we didn't play terribly terribly bad against either Pittsburgh or Baltimore earlier on this year. So um, let's uh, you know, Miles Garrett. You know, after after having kind of getting uh, dinged up earlier on in the game, I, I don't think he got a sack uh, in this game. I don't know what his uh, overall stats were. I know that he caused the holding penalty, and I know that he got several hits on on uh, Philip Rivers, and I saw him get around the edge multiple times today. So I'm right now, you know. The three-year rule and all that, but you know, for the number one pick in the draft, you do kind of have different standards. I'm very pleased with with Miles Garrett. I'm pleased with what he has shown. I'm, I'm what for what 
the uh, the talent level that he displays right now is and what it projects to be once he he fully develops into the player that he's ultimately going to become is it's it's very uh, it's 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 very very um, pleasant to think about especially when you combine you know a healthy uh, Emmanuel Agba you know that's something to think about too you know as I'm, I'm critical of Greg Williams you know Collins out Agba's out and and the defense still I mean he held they held this pretty good Chargers offense to 19 points. And it probably probably should have been twenty two because uh, what's this? Coons went and uh, missed the uh, the one field goal. Okay, so that's that's you know nothing special, but um, I I thought it was going to be like I think I predicted it was going to be like thirty three to thirteen. Uh, okay, it's not. Yeah, but I mean, it's nine point lead or nine point uh, uh, de- uh, margin of of defeat uh, against a pretty good Charger team. <clears throat> we win two out of our final games here. Uh, I'm I'm gonna feel. Like like you know, Hugh doesn't have to jump in the lake literally because of the whole you know one and fifteen thing. But you know, I realize that's difficult. One and fifteen to go to two and fourteen, and I understand that uh, you know that um, it's 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 a tough season. I really I get that. It's gonna be very difficult for anybody to want to continue you know going doing what we have going on here. Uh, but I just don't know. Uh, I that, well, what I do know is that. There's going to be inherent problems with with uh, making a, a made a massive change at this point. And are those you know is is it worth it anyway? You know I think that's kind of what what it comes down to. Um, notwithstanding the the performances overall of some of the players, Corey Coleman, you know a a bad holding penalty that you know okay I get you're a wide receiver but dude you know that we would add second and goal from the two. And instead, it's you know first and goal from the from the twenty, and that that was that was it. I mean that that I mean, obviously it was the the uh, stripped uh, fumble play where, and that's not really you can't put that on the line. That's Kaiser just holding it, holding it, holding. It. And at that point, it's like the clock's got to give give up. It's like all right, dude, once you hit the line, you gotta you gotta just you know. And, and he could have run, <clears throat> you know, and and he probably wouldn't have got the goal line. But at that point, you're probably not making the pass anyway. Just a just bad situational awareness there, and again, again, if they if kick a field goal there, we do end up getting the ball uh, back late. He could have, you know, and it, okay, he threw. He ultimately ended up throwing an interception anyway. So would nineteen thirteen be any different than nineteen ten? No, not not uh, ultimately, but 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 but. I'm just saying, Kaiser is uh, still a rookie, and Hugh is uh, still you know bad at at situational game management. The the wide receiver play with uh, both Gordon and Coleman in the lineup is better than what we had all year. <clears throat> I don't I don't know that anybody watching it today would say that it was marvelous or spectacular, um, but it's better. It's it's better than than worst of all time, which is what it was looking like. Uh, I think Kenny Britt did have a drop today. Actually, uh, come to think of it, um, then uh, the other position that's that's vexed us is safety. And I'm not thinking that really that was was a huge issue today. This was just more of a, you know, a, a better team overall, um, better better overall, you know, roster of talent, better organization. They've been playing together longer and, you know, better coaches. There's just no two ways about that. And, I, and this is not, you know, again, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, there's been a lot of complaining about Hugh Jackson and the way that he uh, – 
he coaches this team and a lot i mean chris pokorny had you know it's, it's it kind of had and i don't and i love you chris he kind of had some um uh, I, I don't know uh, it kind of vented in a, in a really loud way this week about all of this and i get it I, I totally get it i mean it's 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 frustrating to watch this especially when you watch hugh out there kind of blaming uh the the roster that he has which i'm looking at the the, the talent that's on this team and I, I i think there's talent on this team that could win yeah the quarterback position is is challenging and when you have a rookie that's out there missing guys uh okay yeah you're gonna have and and that's that was really the issue today i mean kaiser didn't really make too many you know super boneheaded he's gotten better he can we agree on that kaiser's gotten better i think as the season's gone along uh he's he's the level of play he showed today probably would have won us a game or two as the season's gone along but you play the games as they play out um you know it's the same thing chargers defense as they played together all year better than um you know, and they kind of look like a playoff team. They you know, and that's which is they they always kind of do every year, and then you know they they just they always, I mean, which can uh, Philip Rivers passing Eli today with the consecutive start streak. That's kind of cool. Um, didn't even realize that, that was I did not realize that they were that close that it was one two. I, I know that that neither one of them started right away. Um, but that's just that's just kind of neat. But at any rate, um, you know we have. Two games left on the schedule that are that are winnable in my view, and I hope that and two others that we could. You know, I'm not suggesting we're going to rip off a and, and and look. I think at this point, it doesn't necessarily matter what the what what the record is at the end of the year in terms of what we are going to do. Whether or not the decision is to continue on with with the same personnel or to divest ourselves of of, of one or both. Uh, that that's not something that I, I think the performance over the last you know four games really is going to say one way or the other. Oh, oh and twelve is is powerful enough on its own, uh, and that's not to say. I mean, I definitely, definitely, definitely a hundred times over do not want to finish oh and sixteen. Don't I? I no way. <clears throat> that's why. That's why I'm I'm really going to be investing some hope into these uh, next uh, you know two of the next four weeks here as we're playing. Um, you know, two teams that I think that we could get we could get wins uh, out of. Um, but outside of that, outside of just not wanting to uh, get get the big goose egg on the year, I don't really, <clears throat> I don't really have any any qualms or any problems with not winning any of the other games and having two consecutive one in fifteen seasons. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I'm I'm definitely fine with it. Considering uh, the quarterback talent coming out next year, and with the Niners winning today, that pretty much uh, guarantees that we would have the the uh, number one pick overall uh, and we're, we're coasting towards it baby we're right there well uh you know I, i'm i'm and i'm not totally discarding uh, deshaun kaiser either at this point because again you know you look at a guy it's, it's an intriguing you know 22 years old next year and he will have had an entire year playing against pro style defense in a pro style offense in our offense as a matter of fact uh, but whether or not to replace the quarterback is is you know a question that uh, I don't, you know, a lot of people are, are are kind of putting it on the the last. They really are putting, you know, he's going to have to go out there and just play lights out, you know, to show. I, I I kind of agree, but only in the sense that he would have to go out and play lights out in order for us to win the the final four games. It would probably require us winning the final four games or three of the four probably at this point to miss out on getting the first pick overall. So if Kaiser plays well enough to for us to miss out on getting the first pick overall, well then you know what I think that may you know speak to uh, to uh, th- then that may um, you know 
maybe <laughs> you know may, maybe there's maybe there's something there then maybe it's worth considering and maybe it's worth giving him uh you know a, a more of a look uh, but, but honestly, as far as looking at you know statistical production or improvement or what have you, I'm just I don't care at this. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for traits. I'm looking for um, progression in certain areas. Yeah, he's getting better at not uh, throwing, you know, turning the ball over as much. Yeah, did at the end of the game today, but that's kind of a late game situation, you know, circumstance. I'm, you know, it's after giving up a sack and you know clocks ringing. I'm, I'm whatever. I'm, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not really too too down or up on him for the game for the performance today. Uh, but I'm just I'm also not really I'm not I'm, I'm what I'm trying what I'm trying to say here is in my you know <clears throat> ham-handed long-winded way is that I I don't um I'm not looking at the last couple of games here as this giant litmus test on Kaiser I think we're just going to have to see uh you know what how how the team performs and uh, if we're sitting there with the number one pick overall, it's going to be really, really difficult not to, uh, to to take a quarterback. And you know, if we uh, if we do have the number one pick overall, that probably there's a, probably a reason why. <clears throat> um, even though Kaiser had a chance to, you know, put us in a better position, you know, to not have the number one pick overall, kind of like the Jimmy Clausen, Cam Newton um, um, you know, paradigm from many years ago. You know, guy that was drafted, and he was drafted with the seventh pick, so that would have been what thirty ninth. And we took, uh, you know, Kaiser fifty seconds. So you know, hey, he's a. I'm not. I'm not throwing in the towel on him. I'm just saying, you know. And I do want to, you know. Um, I, I definitely want to see what he can do for the rest of the year, and see if uh, if this. Can, but at the same time, if we're sitting there, so that's you know the, the 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 quarterback question. I think is going to be determined as the season goes along. As far as the coach uh, question, look, I said at the beginning of the year that four and twelve. Uh, Kaiser starts every game and we don't blow up at the end of the year would be a great successful year. I mean, that would be, well, we can't, we, we already lost uh, one of those because Kaiser didn't start the Houston game. But, um, you know, at this point we would have to, we would have to reel off a four game winning streak, which just seems, you know, completely impossible and insurmountable and never going to happen at this point. Um, just So it's amazing just how high in the sky that the projection of four wins was at the beginning of the year. But at any rate, uh, you know, the, the the question now about Hugh with uh, – and I've spent a fair bit of time, you know, amount of time here criticizing. You know, I, I also think that there's a lot of good thing, things that the team does well, and there's a lot of things that – uh, that that the team performs uh, at <clears throat> I don't want to say at a high level at but that you could see some if you squint hard enough you can see the formation of some of some cohesion there and a, and a good looking football team and one that sticks together and fights hard but man these mistakes and these stupid um, j- j- these in game management type moments you know the first drive of the game. And okay, and this is maybe I just don't know, right? Maybe this is just I'm I'm, in, I'm, I'm thinking that I know and I don't know. But you've got Kaiser um, on the first drive. It's third and what ten, and we're down, you know, kind of close. And he takes <clears throat> he takes off on a, uh, a read option for the uh, quarterback around, you know, uh, quarterback draw. And he ends up coming up like like five yards short of the first down, and I'm thinking this was this was actually like around a 35 or so yard line, and I'm thinking, all right, that's the, you know, the the area that you would, uh, or maybe the 30, the 35, 40. That's that's usually around the area. There's like that area right before you get into the the, the red zone, and you know, at, uh, after midfield, where you know, if if you come up and you're like fourth and like seven or less. <clears throat> it may be worth going for it just because if you give up the ball there, it's not, you know, the worst.
worst you know starting field position to put your defense into it's usually a little bit too long for a field goal so if you run a running play on a third and long in that scenario and it's like like fourth and you know four or five it makes sense to go for it but no that's not what it was because he comes off the field kaiser comes off the field and hugh is like shaking his head like he's disappointed and we go out we punt it's like okay well all right hugh's shaking his head and i'm thinking dude you called the play and if he didn't call the play, like if he didn't call the play and Kaiser audibled into it, then all right, all right, all right, then then that does kind of in in that type of a situation, I can see where 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 Hugh is really frustrated with, and it would make sense for him to say things like we're not equipped to be able to do this, that, and the other. Maybe it's not about the wide receivers that he that he doesn't have. Maybe it's that he doesn't have the trigger man that can actually you know because that's that's one of those scenarios. And, and I'm not you know this is the whole point is that we don't really know um, in, in full. It's really easy to just say that everybody sucks, right? Um, but if we were to, you know, to to look at all of these in-game management problems, offensively and defensively, because a lot of people bemoan the fact that if we were to fire Hugh, we'd also lose Greg Jackson. I'm not so sure that's a bad thing. You know, I'm, I'm really, I mean, if we had, I just, I'm not seeing every other defense in the league get carved up by every every tight end that we play every single week. I, I just, I, but it, there it is. It's always, always the same thing. But then again, you have you see these steady defensive improvements. You see us the last couple of weeks really improving in the red zone where they had been a problem for us all year. Uh, you know, I mean, so that's that's saying something. And, yeah, okay, we've had some injuries to Collins and, and Ogba. mentioned that already. So, you know, you don't want to, you know, throw it all out and say that it's all bad out there. But I'm just saying I, that that's not if, – if, if the reason that you were wanted to fire Hugh – you decided not to because of Greg Williams. I'm not so sure that that's the best calculation. I'm thinking that you could probably, you know, you, you, probably better reasons to make that decision one way or another. And again, I'm not sitting here advocating that we should do that. I, I'm probably, well, not probably, I am definitely 100% on the I would like everybody to come back next year. That means Kaiser, that means Hugh, and that definitely means Sashi. Get to him, but I'm, but even as bad as as Hugh has been this year, and I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, I mean, well, actually, there is, <clears throat> there is. If if, if uh, Hugh called, you know, a reasonable play on the third and nine play, and Kaiser, you know, uh, audibled into an RPO, and he ends up, you know, running the ball and coming up short, and we don't even get a field goal opportunity out of it, then yeah, okay. And 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 there's stuff that's like that, you know, and it's not him that's causing calling these timeouts, but it's players calling these timeouts and these inopportune times. Well, then maybe you know I am being a little bit harsh on him, and maybe we. We all are um, or maybe it's just that he's not good at the game management stuff but he's good at the other aspects of being a coach um, and at, to that you would say all right well you can get better at the game management aspect of being a coach you can't necessarily get better at some of those other things or maybe he just sucks there is that that is a possibility I'm not saying it's not possible that Hugh just sucks as a coach and we just probably would do better without him. But this is this is always the um, this is the point that we come to in all every time every time in the cycle it's it's, about, it's around this time. And to my way of looking at it, it's 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 like this. Um, Hugh is where he is right now. The team is where it is right now. Next year, it is either going to continue what Hugh has been been trying to do. For the last two years, for which all of the players on the the team have familiarity because they've you know the vast majority of them have been brought in um, over that period of time, um, and that 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 situation will improve, um, 
and that with more repetition, with more experience, that everybody will get better, right? That's 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 like the the let's say that's option A here. The only reason that you don't do that is if you just assume that no amount of of training, preparation, timing, you know, continuity, uh, familiarity, patience, that none of that, that none of that experience, that Hugh Jackson just can never be a good head coach. Could we could we uh, could we walk down the same line of of thought that if 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 we if we could know if you and I could both know together that Hugh Jackson will become a good coach um at the end of all of this that that at the whether it's two two years three years however long it takes that he will be a good coach in the sense that he makes all the right in-game decisions and that his team is prepared and doesn't make stupid mistakes and uh that furthermore <laughs> my favorite word that they develop as players because of the assistant coaches that are around him being football guys and training him up, and they grow under his, uh, you know, uh, head coacher, co- head coaching ship. <laughs> I know that's not a word. Um, and we start winning some games. You know, if if we if if we if you and I could know right that that will happen at some point, then can we agree that that is what we should do? Can we agree that that is, in other words, what is the reason for not holding out for that eventuality? And I guess the the answer to that is would would be only if you were really going to define it more more specifically that you don't think that Hugh Jackson is ever the type of coach that could be good enough to win a championship. And yeah, look, that's ultimately that's the goal, right? I mean, I, I realize that sitting here at own twelve, and for the misery that we've had, I think it's what's the what's the record now since uh, two thousand and nine? It's like thirty four and one hundred and six uh, since we started doing this, firing everybody every other year routine that we do. Um, but I mean, the goal is to win a championship. So unless you can say that you can know right now that Hugh is the type of coach that can never, ever, ever, never, ever, never win a championship. Then, you know, and, and but <clears throat> but we do know that he'll get better, right? That he will get better as a coach. If we could know that, then that would be the optimal solution here, right? That we would just stick with that, whether it takes another year. I mean, and I wouldn't expect that we'd have another year like this. I think two is probably the limit on what you get for years that are like this. Assuming that, assuming that all of this is even in the cards, and we are gonna, you know, hold a, all of this together, which I really, really hope that we do well. I, I guess I can't say that I really, really hope that we do because the other part of this is that Hugh may just be shell-shocked through this entire experience, and maybe he is done. Maybe he's just so mind-effed through all of this that it's just never going to happen for him. Um, and we've talked about this in, in the past. If that's the case, or maybe he quits. Maybe at the end of all of this, he does decide to jump in the lake and has to be you know, you know, know, forcibly rescued, and he decides, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'll, I'll give up my guaranteed money, and I'll be the first coach that you don't have to pay afterwards because I quit. You know, maybe that happens. And some of the body language that he's exhibited would, would, dem- you know, would, would show some of that, and, and some people would uh, um, suspect that he would immediately get snatched up to go back to Cincinnati where he would be the heir apparent to, uh, to Marvin Lewis. Whatever. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, I, I, that, all of that is wild speculation on my part. But if that, if, if for whatever reason, at the end of this cycle, we were to, um, you know, say, okay, Hugh, you're not the guy. We're going to have to move on. I, I, I could, I'm not t- so completely, totally, 100 percent 
in the I would be wholly uh, opposed to that notion at this point, at this juncture. Not just because of the flaws that I've seen, but just because of, of well, again, with the the um, you know the what I think it could mean to him psychologically. I mean, if he's if if he's really letting this get to him, and, and it, there are there are certainly signs that show that it may be, then you know it may be that, that it's time to move on. And you can bring somebody in, and it, there's there's a couple of ways that you could do it. You know, we we could promote somebody that's already on the team, Al Saunders, Steve Tabor. You could do that. No, Chris Tabor. I know that people freak out at the thought of that, but you know, hey, look, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know that I, I, that uh, he would be. Uh, first of all, I don't. I've never thought that he's a, this terrible special teams coordinator that a lot of people think that he is. But I, I, you know, a guy that has that sort of familiarity, he wouldn't really. It wouldn't be like he would need to bring in his guys, right? Like his guys would be the guys that are already there. He would just take over and, you know, okay, his guy didn't beef up his guys. You know, maybe bring back some guys that have been on the team. You know, maybe Maurice Carthon comes back. <laughs> you know, or I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe maybe Dick Duran. Was he around when Dick Duran? That's that's the guy that I would, of all the guys, if, if some, that would be sweet. Get Chris Tabor, promote him to head coach, and he can convince uh, Dick Duran. To, uh, to come back and coach up this defense and just and they just run a plain Jane vanilla four three and it would be awesome with the talent that we have in this defense I, I would be uh, I would be happy to see that because I'm just so sick of these uh, it, every week every week we're just we're letting these guys run all over if it's any kind of a any kind of a, a down the seam or in the middle of the field type play the quarterbacks are eating carving us up. Um, and maybe I'm just being testy because it's uh, you know another another one of these games that this happened in. But this was just this was just frustrating watching this today and I'm watching as I say the not just the play calling on the part of Hugh Jackson that a lot of people belly complain about, but the play calling by Greg Williams where in these key moments we come with these jailhouse blitzes that don't get close when we've got a generational pass rusher out there that is showing in this game that he's got the moves to beat his guy around the edge. Maybe just let that guy do it. That's what I would be doing. Maybe I'd, maybe I'd only rush three and let him be one of them and put more people in coverage. Maybe that's maybe that's not a bad thing to do here. Maybe what we ought to be doing on some of these passing downs is letting Garrett and maybe put uh, you know whoever our best pass rushing interior guy is, and maybe that's Nassib. Maybe you put him in there and you run a, a three man line and put uh, you know or maybe Orchard on the other side now with Agba being out and you let let just let those guys try to bookend the the. Uh, the, the interior and just let everybody else cover it. that would probably be better than what we're doing right now and I mean I don't want to you know it's really uh, armchair uh, you know defensive coordinatoring uh, but it's just it's frustrating to watch this so I'm just saying you know you could probably and not to say I mean it could all be BS that you know they, they, they could fire Hugh Jackson and bring in anybody else and Greg Williams is like I don't care I'll stay here whatever I'm, whatever. I'm just you know I'm just a guy I like Hugh Jackson I like everybody you know everybody is going to be my son for the rest of their life you know he's got this weird father son complex on like all of the people that he comes into contact with but whatever I mean I, I, don't, I don't know that but I'm saying I'm fine with what I've seen so far of the Greg Williams experiment that we could uh, but then again I mean see there you go there you go we drafted guys we drafted specifically Jabril Peppers right because it was thought that he was specifically for or with you know Greg Williams had him in mind specifically for the defense that he was going to run if we were to blow this thing up even mildly even if you got rid of Jackson which would probably mean also getting rid of a guy like Greg Williams well then now you're going to be bringing in another defensive coordinator that 
Maybe he looks at a guy like Peppers, who's starting to play pretty good the next couple of weeks. Maybe Peppers actually is a, ta- he is a talented guy. Maybe he'll actually, the light will actually come on from him, but the next defensive coordinator comes in and says, that's, that's not my dude. I can't, yeah, I can't. I just, I don't trust him. I can't have, you know, I'm, I don't like him. He's not part of my plans. I'm telling you, you run the risk of doing that. It doesn't matter. You, I mean, you, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm even, I'm even, I am, I am even holding out the possibility that firing Hugh Jackson might not be the worst decision here. Um, I'm just saying it's it's not what I you know would 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 want to do. Certainly, the one thing that I am one hundred thousand million dead hundred <laughs> percent bloody against is getting rid of Sashi Brown. I think the way that Sashi Brown has constructed this roster has been uh, has been tremendous, and I'm not seeing that the problem that we're having on the field, especially in a game like today, in the last couple of weeks, really, as being because we have a talent issue. Insofar as um, that we're just getting bowled around by people, I think that we have young players that are making mistakes. And okay, so yeah, to some extent that is a talent issue, I guess you could say. But a, a lot of it, especially today, is um, I, I think it's way, 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 way more to do with the coaching, the game planning, and you know. And, and okay, I mean, yeah, chicken egg type scenario. You got you know, coaches are struggling because they got young players. But I'm just saying that you know, okay, if if they fired Hugh Jackson and Sashi, uh, you know, was granted the official title of general manager. And we and by the way, they could they could hire a team president. Go ahead and hire Peyton. I don't care. Go hire hire Peyton Manning. He could be the team president, and Sashi could report to him. But but Sashi could then hire his own coach. Then fine, fine, that'd be great. Although Sashi was part of the group that hired Hugh. That's what I'm saying. I mean, this is this whole thing. I mean, you just don't usually fix the problem by firing people. And I don't think that we're going to fix the problem by firing everybody this time around, even if we were to go 0-16. But again, if we go 0-16 and go 1-31 and over two years, I just, I don't know. I got to tell you, though, if if we were to go 1-31 and and not fire Coach Jackson, that would very, very seriously change my opinion of uh, Jimmy Haslam. That would really seriously because that would be showing a commitment to the plan that would be Herculean compared to what he has shown to this point. Uh, and all indications right now are that, you know, you remember the whole, uh, you know, A.J. McCarron fiasco where it appeared that the ownership was very, very much on the side, particularly D, of Hugh Jackson. And so if they are sympathetic, and meanwhile, you know, Sashi comes out in his press conference, it was like, no doubt about it, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be drafting next year, and we're going to be good. So, I mean, right now, I think that just gauging the, the body language of the organization, unless Jack, unless Hugh is really... Um, really is despondent and just decides of his own accord that he can't take this anymore. Uh, I think th- I think that everybody's going to be back, and I think that it's good that everybody's going to be back. And I think that if we're sitting here with the with the number one pick overall, and we've got a guy with Kaiser that had an entire season, you know, under his belt, you know, a guy with a lot of talent in his own right, you know, no doubt about it, Kaiser's got the size, got the arm, and from time to time he can make some really nice throws. But damn, that that accuracy is just suspect. And you know when you're when you've had as many attempts as he's had this year. I mean, that's the thing about about when you scout guys. You know, very all of them have accurate. All of them going from college to the pros have accuracy issues to some extent, right? And there's nobody that is batting a thousand. And and there's improvement when you get to the pro level, but. <clears throat> The the when you have a clear deficiency, you know, it's not so much that guys that are inaccurate in college become accurate in the pros. It's that <clears throat> there's a difference between being inaccurate 
and having inconsistent accuracy. Okay, and that, that maybe that sounds like a distinction without a difference. But as guys improve in the NFL level, they just are more consistent with their accuracy than they are than when they are in college or when they're, you know, a couple of first-year players. That's why I'm so excited about the quarterback crop this year because, like, I look at Bay- Baker Mayfield and that dude is making accurate throws all over the field all the time. And, and a lot of people like Josh Rosen, fine. He, he, he's another one that's out there, a uh, very accurate passer. I'm, I'm kind of concerned about you know some of the injury concerns with him. Uh, but Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson is a guy that as a passing project or prospect, you know, looks kind of, you know, not terribly, dis- not, not, not very much better in my estimation than Kaiser did uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's that's that. Maybe that's being. I'm probably not being fair uh, to Jackson because I think that it's so difficult to divorce those ridiculous physical attributes uh, and skill that he has from his just pure. But as a pure passer, he's actually pretty good. That's why I think that those are going to be the three guys. We're gonna, you know, our crack at any of the three of them that we want. Um, but what I'm saying is that with a guy like Kaiser, you know, when you have. Because some of the accuracy issues, I mean, there was a couple of passes where guys wide. I mean, there was one, I'm thinking of one play in particular where dudes, dudes out open in the flat. There's nobody around. It's a, it's a pitch and catch, and it's just way over his head, you know, second and ten. A couple of plays like that. And and it's been going on like that all year. And you you hope that at some point that, all right, it's going to slow down for the kid. I think it has. I think that the game has slowed down for Kaiser. Certainly from the first week, remember the first week of the year, he was holding onto the ball, got sacked seven times. And, you know, he's definitely, I mean, whenever Kessler comes into the game and you see the massive difference in pocket presence, I mean, he's, he's fine as far as the clock is concerned. He's able to, to now, other than, of course, he had that massive, you know, F up later on in the game today where, he, you know, he, he held onto the ball too long. But <clears throat> what I'm saying is that from, when, you, when you look at it from that standpoint, it's not, it's, it's not too bad. Um, but he he still has these problems where he's just um you know the decision making isn't isn't i i would say even that is getting better um but the inaccuracy you know and for some guys you just never you just never overcome that you just never have you know da even during his great year that he had for us you know his good years pro bowl year they had for us is our our best year since the return you know there would be like one or two passes a game <laughs> where you remember this there were a couple of passes every game was like where the where was he going with that uh that was okay but you just you know suck it up because he didn't come out there and he'd make a you know great you know pass a completion to like braylon edwards or joe jervicious or somebody and and it was and it was all good well, we fooled ourselves into thinking that those were just you know that, that that was just uh you know every once in a while type thing that that's who he ultimately ended up you know turning out to be for us and it may be that that's who Kaiser is. So, you know, there's a lot There's a lot to, at the same time, if he were able to get that, you know, if he were able to make that, that good accuracy, that, that pass down the seams in Joku late in the game from the goal line, you know, if he's able to, uh, you know, get more consistent like that and cut down on, on, on those uh, inaccurate plays, well then, now we're looking at a, a real, real good-looking prospect here, and somebody that's definitely worth hanging on to, looking at, giving a, you know another uh, chance at winning the job, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. But you can have, but if we're sitting here and have a guy like that, at the end of whatever this campaign's going to be, whether it's going to be, you know, 2-14, 1-15, or 0-16, God forbid... We're going to be sitting here with a legit viable quarterback option, you know, a guy, a young guy with all with all the talent in the world from arm size has, you know, played an entire year in an NFL uh, pro system, you know, all that. 
but we're also going to have the first pick in the draft with, I mean, an enormous amount of quarterback talent that's going to be available coming out in this draft. And we're going to have a ton of dra- of uh, cap space to do any number of things. And now that Josh Gordon actually has been on the field today, um, and, and let's hope that he's able to, uh, you know, I, I, I'm <clears throat> I going to you know chalk up the fact that he didn't just go out there like a lot of people i think were hoping he was going to go out there and you know uh, rack up you know 15 catches for 355 yards and you know nine touchdowns well you know he certainly didn't you know he he, he, i think that again a lot had to do with the tremendous uh tremendous performance by cornerback casey hayward of he of the of the of the heavy heart uh in that performance today um but with gordon on the field with coleman out there the guys playing i think they're going to get better as as that goes along the wide receiving group you can Certainly, what I'm saying with all that cap space, you can add a couple of guys, you know, we can uh, uh, get um, beefed up in some other spots on the roster. This is all, I mean, (laughs) at the end of all of this, I sound like a broken record, but, um, you know, it's frustrating where we are. It really is because there's so there are a couple of games and and the way that we played, we played offensively today where in in a way where had we played this way offensively in a couple of games and if at least you know like the Titans game we probably would have won that game. We played defensively today where had we played defensively in a couple of games like this we we probably would have won you know a, a couple of other games so far this year, like the Colts game right. Um, so it's just frustrating. It's frustrating that our opportunities have just haven't aligned. Uh, and I think they will. Again, I think we're going to, you know, we're at least get one, probably two, I would I would say at this point. Um, but at any rate, the uh, the, the view from uh, from the field today was another uh, another disappointer. Uh, 19 to 10 as uh, we fall to the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers and uh, hopefully can uh, get it together for the, uh, the the game next week against the Green Bay Packers minus Aaron Rodgers and maybe can uh, can can pull off a, a win there and and make this season and and look at that point if we just win a game this is like it was last year whatever at whatever point it is we win the game I'm good I'm good but until then, now I got to worry. Are we going to not win a single game all year? Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. My name is Easy. Uh, this is Easy Does It on the DBN Network. If you'd like to uh, join us or <clears throat> comment on uh, what we're doing or just, you know, generally complain, send me an email, easyweave at gmail.com. And uh, otherwise, I hope that y'all have a, a tremendous week out there. Hope that you're starting to uh, enjoy the end of year wind down as the uh, holiday season is in full swing out there. And so uh, I wish you all a Merry Christmas and whatever else that you may be celebrating. Uh, at, 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 uh, or or any, just, just good cheer all around for whatever it is you're doing. And until next time, good luck. God bless. Sir. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron! I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. 
Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.